0: The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroote was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers' download, where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing.
1: Cardwell, hoping it stays green, he nearly spins it around.
0: Who's it going to be? Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? iRacing's executive director, Taylor Hart Jr. I think the NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can
2: present themselves working with iRacing.
3: From the SpeedSport Podcast Studios, powered by MyRacePass,
0: here are your hosts, Justin Prince and Taylor Burris. Welcome to a special edition of the iRacers Download here from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, presented by MyRacePass. Taylor Burris here, along with Justin Prince. Our producer is none other than the great Richard Colbreth, as Justin... It's that time of the year where the playoffs come into play here. And it's going to be an exciting one after an exciting regular season finale at Darlington. And we have a stellar lineup of drivers joining us here on the download. Matt Busa, Bobby Zelensky, Mitchell DeYoung, Garrett Lowe, and Graham Bolin. The first of five drivers competing in the 2022 E-Nascar Coca-Cola iRacing Series playoffs.
1: Yes, indeed. And it's been a hard fight to get yourself into that position in the first place a lot of different tasks to be able to learn that next-gen car to be able to get yourself into position to battle for a championship in 2022 of course Matt Busa picking up one victory along the way for example others such as Stephen Wilson picking up as much as three this campaign it was an interesting campaign for the regular season but now it's time to see who can pick up the championship
0: It certainly is. And joining us here is our first guest from Mode Motorsports, none other than Matt Busa. joining us here. He collected one win earlier this year, two top fives, eight top ten, and an average finish of 11th with leading 12 laps this season. Matt, first and foremost, welcome back to the iRacers Download as you're here to compete for a second consecutive year in the playoffs. What's the emotion and thinking regarding this? You're now going back to back here again. And it has a really good shot as everything is reset. It's a new car. It's a new playoff schedule here with a lot of different great tracks to come.
3: Yeah, it's great to be back in the playoffs again. Um, third time overall, second in consecutive year. And it's been a long time coming since our victory came pretty early in the season. So we've had a few months here to just kind of anticipate the playoffs and build consistency, build momentum, and looking forward to getting them started here at Bristol.
0: And of course, not just anything with Bristol, but of course, we're going to be utilizing Bristol dirt racing here for this year in 2022 for you guys. And of course, the Bristol Motor Speedway is always going to provide a great racing opportunity for competitors. What can we expect seeing from the drivers as we progress through this season? Of course, Bristol and Talladega and Homestead.
3: Um, yeah, the first round of this playoffs, Um, I guess you'll really only have one round the second round of the championship race, but yeah, Bristol, earlier in the year we ran on dirt, and um, that was a lot of fun, and now we get to run on the um, concrete Bristol, and I think last year I finished 11th there, Um, so I'm looking forward to that one, and I ran around top five until the end of the race, when we had a little bit of uh, controversy towards the end. Um, One of the other Bristol races recently, I think I or I did get the poll and then I was in, had to restart the servers. So unfortunately that poll didn't count, but I'm pretty confident there. Talladega wild card. Can't really expect much at all. Um, Homestead, I'm not too sure how the track races yet, to be honest. I don't know if um if they've had any recent updates there for what grooves are gonna be best to run, but I'm hoping that it's a pretty multi groove um, racetrack there. We can run the bottom all the way to the top.
0: Now we've been racing this car for 14 rounds this season with the next gen car. And of course, also all across the iRacing service for a little over a year now on the service. What can we say we have made learns and gains on with regarding this next gen car and how much improvement and confidence do you feel regarding this car?
3: Yeah, we've learned a lot throughout the year. Um, setup wise, my team has learned quite a few things that should help us here in the playoffs. Um, I think recently at Darlington, we had a little bit of a different setup than, than before. And it kind of paid off running a top three pretty much the whole race until the end. Um, driver-wise, at the beginning of the year, I didn't have that much confidence, actually, um, with this next-gen car. I just really struggled to get a feel um, for what the car was doing. It would kind of all of a sudden snap loose for me without any warning, or I would be plowing an exit when in the center of the corner. Initially, felt like it was going to turn, so I've uh, worked through all that, thankfully, and now the confidence, I would say, is at its highest heading into the playoffs, so good timing.
0: Very good timing indeed here, and of course, the Mode Motorsports team has been having a pretty decent season overall, of course, with your win getting into the playoffs. You guys are also... Sitting quite well in a very tight battle for the owner's championship in the team standings. You're only about a couple of points back from twenty-three eleven 11 and then one point away from Joe Gibbs Racing. I'm pretty sure you guys are looking also forward to trying to see if you can go for a strong finish in the owner's standings as this season progresses for the last four races.
3: Certainly. Um, I think top five is probably the realistic goal right now. Like you said, I think we're only two points out of 23-11. Uh, who I believe holds fifth right now. Um, I think that would be the first time Mode would finish top five in points if we can pull that off. I think uh, third place is a little bit out ahead of us right now, so we would probably need some luck um, and some bad luck on their part to catch up to third or even uh, try to get the championship there. But yeah, Cody Bias, he's had some really tough luck this year, but he's a super fast driver and puts in a lot of good work on uh, his cars. And I think if he can just have luck on his side, both uh, him and I can be competing for wins in these last four races.
0: You guys certainly can. And, of course, one thing we need to touch note on, last season you finished fifth in the standings. You were just one position away from making it to the Final Fours back in 2021. Of course, you finished fourth in this championship in 2018 as well. Do you feel like maybe there's a chance for you to better this position in the championship? Do you feel like this could be the season where you could go and fight for a championship against some very strong competitors? I mean, everyone's looking at Steven Wilson as one of the championship favorites.
3: Yeah, I do think we can improve on that uh, career best of fourth right now in 2018. We've had a really good strain of consistency here. I think my last finish outside the top 20 in a race was... Um, July of last year or something like that so if we can have that luck and not get in any uh, big racks then I think we'll be pretty in good shape of course Talladega like I said is the wild card so our focus is going to be big on Bristol here and try to get a win there just lock ourselves into the final four and if we get to the final four Phoenix is one of my all-time favorite tracks so really looking forward to that race
0: well, of course, Matt, one of the things we need to keep in mind of this year is, of course, where can people go to follow you for this championship run? And, of course, I know a lot of people are pulling for you to see if you can come out with a strong finish, as well as your team over at Mode Motorsports.
3: Yes, sir. Twitter and Instagram are both mbusa75, and be sure to follow on as Mode Motorsports as well, um, at Mode Media House, owned by J.R. Rodriguez and Kyle Long. You can follow them as well. Kyle's uh, got a really good golf game going recently, so you can follow on with his golf adventures
0: on Instagram. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, good luck to you this championship's run for the playoffs. We'll see you at the next round at Bristol. Matt Boos, a driver of number 75 for Mode Motorsports. And of course, we'll have some more special guests here. And Justin, I got to say, he really is one of those competitors that is going to be a tough one to keep an eye on, as well as seeing where he will end out when the championship comes through.
1: It's going to be interesting to see what Matt Boos can do. He showed flashes of good speed with a couple top fives. Keep in mind throughout the campaign, the question's going to be how will things fare in the postseason? He mentioned the difficulty when it comes to tracks like Bristol in particular with that being circled on his schedule. It's going to be intriguing to see how things play out, especially when it comes to the speed that I think Matt Boost is going to be able to have to be able to contend with some of your top competitors.
0: Certainly is. And of course, our next special guest joining us here on the iRacing, our iRacers download is none other than Mitchell DeYoung, who cooked home a win at Watkins Glen. As Mitchell is now joining us here on the iRacers download. Mitchell, welcome back to the show. And of course, we really got to say congratulations on this championship run that you're about to have here for 2022.
4: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, great to be here again. And uh, yeah, good year so far. Uh, I'm a little bit down to the wire with making it in, but uh, happy to uh, actually be in the fight again. Uh, so it should be exciting. Of course, last
1: season, you had a lot of expectations, Mitchell, that you built up with how well your rookie campaign went. This season, a little bit different. Just the one victory, one poll compared to the multiple polls in 2021. Talk to to us first of all about the differences that you've had to be able to tackle with this car after finally being able to break through on a road course.
4: It's certainly been a tougher year for sure. Um, The new car and everything, it's been a little bit of a learning curve, but overall I feel like in a pure driving and kind of understanding the race um, aspect, I feel like we've done a lot better this year and have been in a lot more control into some of these where we're in a better position to get a good result, but just a lot of things haven't really fallen our way with um, kind of untimely yellows and stuff that uh, kind of just already affected us at Darlington too. So, um, you know, we've been trying to minimize those things as much as possible, but um, it just felt like we haven't been able to catch a break. Uh, I think a a big part where we can improve is dialing in qualifying a little bit better. We've um, had that down pretty well last year, but Uh, This year, it's just not really gone well. Um, So I think that's going to be the key to getting it right for the playoffs because um, you can expect everyone to be on their game and having that track position will be uh, certainly key. So um, I think doing a lot of the same as what we've done already, but with a better qualifying spot might put us in a better situation to avoid some of those uh, random situations. So that's the goal.
1: You mentioned some of the bad luck so far this campaign. What's that learning curve though been like as a whole to be able to learn this new car in those handling characteristics that now have come to play. Matt Boosa talked about it a little bit in terms of some of the unpredictability. What's that been like for you?
4: The car is quite a bit different than the last one. Um, there's certain characteristics of it where it just makes the car really difficult to drive and um, hard in certain situations with kind of the diffuser and um you know kind of the the way it just handles in traffic um, it's very important to have the balance right uh, from the very beginning of the session so where last year with the other car you could get it kind of in a good window and adjust on it a little bit in the race depending on the conditions but having it dialed in from you know the green flag all the way to the checkered is uh, hugely important with this car um, you know if you're just a little bit too tight or loose uh, you know, lap time just isn't there. And as we all know how close the uh, Coke series is with um, times and just the lack of mistakes, it's uh, really crucial to have kind of your whole program together. Um, in this series, you can really get exposed fast if you don't have the complete package. So um, that's kind of the goal every time to uh, get it as close as you can. And that all comes down to preparation and. Um, you know, putting in a, a big effort each each race, so uh, that will be the key for sure for the playoffs.
1: Now, the track that was circled for Matt Busa was Bristol. We have Bristol, Talladega, Homestead, Miami. What track do you feel you have circled for this round, compared to what we've seen before? Of course, one wild card mixed in with Talladega, of course. But what do you feel is the track you'll do the best at?
4: it's a bit of a difficult one to say for me um based on last year i felt like the last handful of rounds uh from pocono uh, all the way to the end of the, the playoffs we did uh quite well at all the ovals and um i quite like all these i would say talladega is going to be the most wild card obviously um so you know i don't really have one specifically targeted um of course, you want to go for it at Bristol for sure. You know, it'd be nice to maybe get a, uh, a win there and uh, get it out of the way. But um, ideally, we just run our race and try to maximize the point situation. And if you find yourself in a situation to win, I think that is uh, uh, fantastic. So do that. Um, another one, I, I really like uh, Homestead as well. So you never know.
1: know, indeed. Absolutely. Good point. 74 laps led for those referencing in as well. Keep in mind, with the average finish of 15th. But how would you describe the feeling of being in the playoffs compared to last year? Your first season, you made it all the way to the championship four. What's the feelings like now for this season, knowing this is your second time in the postseason?
4: Well... Last year, I felt like, man, if I just make it to the playoffs, that's going to be huge. Like, that is uh, basically like winning a championship for me in my first season. And then we made it, and then we got really close, um, you know, basically battling for it and ended up third in the end, uh, and that was fantastic feeling. Um, you know, I don't really put too many, much expectations on myself for this one as well. It's been a very up-and-down season, and, um, you know, thankfully we were able to get... Uh, the win of the road course and have some good point scoring races like overall and kind of damage limitation in some of the others and um, I'm just really happy to be in it again and I think we'll just fight for everything we can and you know hopefully uh, you know the luck turns our way a little bit and we can make our way to the final four again so um, yeah we'll see we'll just do our best and uh, hopefully it's enough
1: Who are you watching out for the most in terms of who you feel could be one of the biggest threats in terms of your path to be able to get yourself to the championship for.
4: It's a tricky one. I think we have a really strong lineup here. Um, I think uh, between Steven and Graham, I think they're really strong ones for sure. Uh, Conti and uh, Ottinger, I I think from that side, they're also extremely strong. Um, I mean, really, to be honest, the entire lineup is... Uh, an extremely strong one, in my opinion. Everyone has had really good races and have been quite consistent, too. Um, so I think really anyone can make it. It's just who can make the the least mistakes and all the right calls with strategy. So, um, you know, I hope to be one of them. <laughs> what would it
1: mean if you were going to be able to break yourself into the championship for or win the title this year? What would it mean for you to become an E-Mascar Cold, Cold, Cold I Racing Series champion?
4: would mean the world to me. Um, You know, these races take so much effort and time and uh, all we want to do is win. Uh, I think for everyone in the series, that's the same. And, um, you know, we give everything and uh, yeah, I think it would be a a huge relief um, to, to get the result for all the hard work. And um, yeah, I I just hope it happens, Uh, but you know, I'm not really too concerned about it. We just, uh, Try to maximize each race and um hopefully we're in that position. Working can fans
1: follow along with you on social media to be able to keep up with your championship run this season.
4: Yeah, I'm on all the socials, uh Mitchell young One on both Instagram and Twitter, and uh on various accounts with 2311 and in the uh, Esports. So yep. So you've added the one since then,
1: just to be able to clarify.
4: Uh yes, I think that's uh I think that's it. Had it for a long time. My original Mitchell DeYoung was uh, just not, not available, so we had to have the one. <laughs> All right. We'll see if
1: you're the one who picks up the championship this season. Thank you very much for the time, Mitchell. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Mitchell DeYoung for 2311 Racing, looking to try and make it to the championship for four back to back seasons after the expectations built up from last season. With that, more iRacers download coming up. Right after this,
0: Welcome back to the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass. Taylor Burris back here with Justin Prince and our producer Richard Colbreth as we talk about the news of the week. And I gotta say, Justin, a very packed week full of news in iRacing. It's the last week before Build Week, and week before we go into some of the goodies that iRacing has already teased us so far... We first have to talk about, of course, none other than the Ian NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series event from Darlington this past week, and it was a race filled with excitement, possibility of some drivers punching their way in with via a win, but all in all, it was none other than Stephen Wilson who came home with the victory to take, pick up his third win of the season and dominant fashion as drivers such as former series champion and defending champion Keegan Leahy really try to pull a rabbit out of the hat with a late-breaking caution.
1: At first glance, I honestly thought it was Leahy's chance to be able to pick up the victory in the early going. Leahy leading 33 laps early, looked very quick early, but the caution, as you talked about, was a major part of that race, to be able to shuffle things up for the restart, to be able to shuffle things up for the order, on, in terms of who would stay out for track position on the older tires, who would be able to w- make it work on the newer tires. And the tough thing about Darlington, obviously, is if you've got newer tires, you're going to be able to eat up those who are staying out on that gamble. And just taking advantage of all of that in that circumstance, Stephen Wilson in particular, because Stephen Wilson was able to get himself slicing to the traffic, be able to make his way through the passes, and be able to hold on as drivers trying to shuffle themselves. Up, and that became a huge part of the race. Especially knowing Bobby Zelensky also had a very good shot Taylor in that race to win as well. But he still picked up the 10th final playoff spot with 69 laps led.
0: He certainly was able to. And I got to say, it was a nail-biter through and through that race. A lot of people were looking at seeing if Rail Falla could be able to punch his way in. Because he was a, one of those drivers with a win. But due to the fact he was outside of the top 20 in the regular season standings, he was not guaranteed a spot into the race.
1: That's the important thing, right? Ray O'Fallis' season started well with that victory, of course, but the consistency wasn't there. And when you don't have the consistency, it's hard to be able to stay in that top half of the field to be able to remain playoff eligible. He was shy of that top 20 by a sizable margin, too. By 32 points to Donovan Strauss. Give a shout-out to Donovan Strauss for his second half of the season to get himself in the top 20 in the first place. But it was that type of a campaign where, outside of that victory, he hadn't really been able to finish inside the top five, outside of once. Inside the top five, I should say. That's just the type of campaign Real fellas seemed to have, and that's the tough balancing act. The tough balancing act of Keegan Leahy's gamble as well. He's outside the top 20 in points now, and that's a shock to say the very least, after last season for Leahy.
0: It certainly is, and it's going to be a tough break for him. Of course, the defending series champion, not able to defend it this year. And I think this is quite the past couple of seasons. We've been seeing that from a lot of the competitors not being able to make it into the playoffs to go and defend their championship. It's been kind of a bit of the trend we're seeing here for the past couple of seasons.
1: Yeah, it's intriguing how that trend seems to play out with the changes to the car and just the momentum swings. When you're hot, you're hot is kind of the way it's talked about a lot. And that's been the kind of case the past couple seasons. You end up being red hot at the end of one campaign. New set of drivers start getting red hot while the defending champions just can't get the same momentum. And that seems to be a pattern that is going to be very difficult to be able to back up. It's not like four-time era with Ray Alfala these days in the mid-2010s. It seems like you win a championship Can you break the championship slump the following season is a major thing popping up? Absolutely.
0: It certainly is. Of course, the next time we will see the NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series will be race number one of the playoffs where they head to Bristol Motor Speedway. And like we pointed out, it will be on the concrete surface, not the dirt surface as we ran the dirt racing earlier in this year but from one form of racing we go to the dirt racing action of none other than the world of outlaws butt kicker late model series as former series champion blake majulis earns his third win of the season at none other than kokomo this past week in an astounding battle as of course majulis zach mcswain dylan yeager and evan c who is another one of the championship rivals this season for the world of outlaws definitely had a fight to the finish all the way in the feature
1: Jules and C absolutely looking stellar this campaign. Not a surprise knowing the background they've got. And Majulis in particular with his championship pedigree from the past. It's just been that type of a year once again when it comes to them points-wise. And it's going to be difficult, I think, to beat them as a whole when you factor things with how things have played out this campaign. Keep in mind, though, when it came to that race, McSwain pulled away in the early going. It took some time, though, For Majulis to be able to secure that race lead, to secure himself up to the very front with how things are playing out. And you have to feel as well for Kevin Kendall Tucker, who was in a good chance to battle for the race win at one point as well.
0: It certainly is, but even with that third win of the season for Blake Majulis, he is still 43 points back from championship rival Evan C, and as they work their way through, we're taking a little bit of a break for the holidays of Labor Day, but we are heading to, of course, one of the grand coliseums of dirt track racing to the Knoxville Raceway on September 12th. What can we possibly see going there at Knoxville for these dirt late models, Justin?
1: I think, and based on what we've seen throughout this campaign so far and what we've talked about throughout this campaign, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of lane shuffling again as we've seen throughout the various racetracks. But I wouldn't be surprised to see seeing Majulis be amongst your contenders once more because they've worked together for about a year or so in that time between the championships for this respective sign of the World Outlaws scene on iRacing. And that partnership has bared a lot of fruit as we've seen this year, Taylor the question's going to be which of the two friends are going to be able to battle it out to win the title. And how will those friends fare it out for the rest of the title fight?
0: Certainly is going to be very interesting to see here as this championship season does progress. Of course, Knoxville is the next race and then it's the final three events, weed sport, Volusia Speedway park. And then the season finale wraps up on October 3rd at the dirt track at Charlotte motor speedway. So a very Chaotic and wide different varieties of dirt track racing still to come to wrap out the 10 round championship, still to come for these drivers before we crown the champion this season. Well, in other news, the iRacing community is getting some exciting and I'd have to say electrifying news as iRacing releases its first ever. Electric vehicle on the iRacing service. The Porsche Mission R is a GT3-based car or GT electric-based racing car that will make its digital debut on September the seventh, the week of the new build. And I gotta say, this car is phenomenal. I've seen it both in real life and in the also in the previews that we've seen on iRacing all day on September first. For those of our listening later on social media. It's a car that's going to be very fun and opens the door for some really great action here on the service.
1: Very quick acceleration, 0-60 in 2.5 seconds. And of course, it has the ability to recharge up to 75% of its battery life in 15 minutes in between races in the real world. The interesting factor in all this, Taylor, is that battery in turn. How it plays out in terms of how it impacts how you slice up the racing, how you have the lengths of racing the battery conservation if it comes into play there's so much that comes into thought on this but it's the future of racing right eventually electricity and electrified cars are going to have to be the future
0: It certainly is, and it's going to be interesting to see what iRacing and, of course, Porsche, which have a beautiful relationship already with the two platforms coming together. Of course, iRacing and Porsche releasing the first rendition of their Porsche 911 GT3 Cup car on the service back only a few years ago before getting the updated 992, the LMP1 car, the Porsche GTE car, the GT3R, and now this car. And, of course, a lot of people are also wondering if iRacing and Porsche will come together to release, of course, none other than the Porsche LMDH car. So seeing this partnership continue to grow where we get a car such as this on the iRacing service before anybody else really is showing the partnership that Porsche and iRacing have to showcase the amazing car that is the Porsche Mission R.
1: I think it's important to be able to build this connection to the fan base. Absolutely. To be able to get your chance, to be able to feel what the car's like in a simulator. Because one of the main talking points I've seen with this car, too, is the thought is for customer racing, potentially, too, with this car. And if you want to be someone who jumps into this type of racing, you want to be able to feel what the car is like. And this is a good chance to be able to feel what the car would be like in real-world action as the racing industry evolves with the embracement of electrification.
0: It certainly is, and of course, this is going to be released on the week of September the 7th, so it's going to be next week, so we only have to wait a few more days for those of you who are listening, of course, on the weekend for those of you who tune in when we release this episode, but there's also another thing that they're talking about regarding this, and it's actually where the photos are taken here on the for this picture for these Porsche Mission R's and a lot of people are speculating that another great European track is coming to the iRacing service and in fact it's two great tracks from Europe coming to the iRacing service in this build possibly. One of them of course is they're considering it to be Australin which is a beautiful racing circuit over there near Germany and all that which is I have to say an absolutely stunning racing circuit.
1: Ashland would be an interesting one. It is worth noting that iRacing has tweeted out in lowercase the name of the racetrack. Take that as you probably will end up taking in terms of that. But in terms of the racetrack, it is based in Germany, which it's fairly flat when it comes to it. Smooth and fast, as it's described. Opens since 1997. The reason it's significant here is it adds another different type of circuit to be able to battle around. It's a type of racetrack that brings very fast lap times, potentially around a minute and 20, a minute and 30 seconds. We've add some variety with a couple different layouts potentially as well to be able to battle at, and it brings in that German racing feel because that's where ADAC GT Masters races at. It's where Porsche Sports Cup Deutschland battles the Sidecar World Championship races there, for example. It's had experience in Formula Renault competition. So it's got a decent amount of experience. It's an interesting racetrack, absolutely, to add a little bit of different feel to the German layout for the iRacing service.
0: It certainly is. And it's going to be very interesting to see how this track lays out and how many different styles of racing we'll get to see utilized for this service. I got to say, for those of you who are a fan of the iRacing happy hour for probably the month of September... And possibly also for the month of October as well. Make sure to tune in for those because I'm going to be some great opportunities to see how that will come about. But from one European track to another European track that will be released on the iRacing service. And we head back to Norway once again for the Ruskogen Motor Center which is a beautiful circuit, I have to say, looking at some of the track maps regarding this track, and it's going to provide a lot of great racing action here where we'll see Formula Cars, the Radical Cars, and GT machinery utilized very well here around this circuit.
1: And here's the big kicker. Based on the explanations, it's available to play immediately once this track hits its release for users to be able to use it as base content, meaning... It has that opportunity to be able to race in the rookies at this facility. It's interesting that it's gone that route, though. I will say here, Taylor, rarely do we see a track immediately come on in and join the ranks the way it is in terms of joining the server.
0: It's session. certainly it certainly is, but of course, I think a lot of people were considering, you know, with, with iRacing, especially with a track that is maybe not as well known, per se, compared to possibly maybe a Fuji that we've seen recently, or the Australian Racing Circuit. This circuit is possibly just a reason for fans to maybe go out there and get to learn some of these circuits, because, I mean, until until this week, I haven't ever even heard of this circuit. So it's great to see them going out and expanding two tracks that maybe nobody has never heard of except for those who are in and around the Norwegian or Scandinavian territories to be able to go out and utilize a circuit such as this. And like I said, the track map itself is an absolutely monster track and filled. It's like I get a mix of Suzuka East course with a bunch of other certain areas with two very distinctive hairpin style corners on the track. And people seem to not
1: Remember, too, when it comes to this racetrack, since 2006, the Norwegian government named this track its main motorsport facility. It actually got a redesign by Herman Tilke. Yes, that one. And in turn, around this two-mile circuit, it's it's a pretty luxurious feel It's almost comes off as. You know what I mean? In terms of the landscaping with the rocks in particular, the way those look. And... It does provide the ability for people in Norway, when you look at the website in particular for that racetrack, the ability to race cars on that racetrack, if you've got a lot of money, you can race it in the real world too. But the virtual world, be able to get some experience absolutely to be able to see how this track feels as one of the top facilities in the country.
0: Certainly is the case. And of course, we'll give you the full rundown of some of the exciting builds next week on our episode of our part two edition of the e NASCAR Coca Cola Playoffs Special. Of course, we'll have the other five drivers from the playoffs, as well as also the full rundown of the build week that we're getting ready to see. Well, coming up after the break, we're going to speak to our other three special guests for this week, none other than Graham Bolin, Bobby Zelinsky, and Garrett Lowe. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Studio, presented by MyRacePass. Welcome back to the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass. Taylor Burris here, along with Justin Prince, our producer Richard Colbreth, as we continue our eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series Playoff Special Part 1, as we now speak to Bobby Zelensky, who gets in on into the playoffs by, one, not even collecting a win this season, but holding on with a strong performance at Darlington Raceway. Bobby, first and foremost, what's the thoughts and emotion coming into this night, not, this week, going into the playoffs? You were able to be one of the dominant cars at Darlington, as well as also at Watkins Glen, but not able to take home the win, but still managed to get your way into the playoffs.
5: Yeah, I'm feeling pretty, pretty good for the playoffs ahead because of these last two races, um, you know, Watkins Glen's Watkins Glen. It's a road course, I expect myself to uh, contend there, um, but it's never been my best road course um so you know there's positives to take from that second place but uh Darlington you know a little little upset I didn't win that felt like I was the uh, strongest car all night just uh yeah made the wrong pick call but uh big picture you, you can't be silly um playoffs is what matters
0: it certainly is but even though with the playoffs and as well as not even collecting a win this season you still had quite a decent <laughs> season overall three top five six top tens and an average finish of 13th really quite even higher average finishes than a lot of the drivers in the playoffs coming into this first race at Bristol in a week's time or a couple of weeks time so what is going to be that momentum to help you to get ready for these next three races before we head to the final four in Phoenix I
5: guess just the, the way I've uh, the finishes I've had the last four races it's like a fifth a sixth a second a third so You know, I don't I don't know who else would beat me in average finish over the last four races, but it's funny you mentioned like, oh, I've had a decent season and all that. I think I ended up like fourth in the the points before the reset, which is baffling to me because I felt like I've had a horrible season. Just, uh, you know, I had like a couple I had a really good Dover early on, but of course, that was like a 30th place finish. Um, I had like a sixth at Atlanta. It's really all I had until these last four races. So I guess we're clicking at the right time. Um, I think it's just things clicking as in, yeah, the cars have been better setups, but I've just had luck on my side a little bit more the last four races and just haven't had anything crazy happen, um, you know, to to flip my car or anything. So um, I think we're clicking at the right time and um, yeah, we're going to get it. Well, let's talk about that with the new car. We've had this new
0: car now for over a year, even though with some updates and adjustments to the car to match as best and closely as possible to what the drivers of the real world are facing with, how had these adjustments as well as also the racing maybe have made improvements or maybe even had some issues where it's like I need there's needs to be adjustments here or there with this car after about over a year of on the service?
5: Yeah, I mean, I I haven't loved the car just for the driving style of it. It just seems a bit too, I guess, and it, it's too much of a, a box you have to play in. Like, you have to drive it one certain way. You can't kind of set, you have to set the car up one way or you'll be slow, basically, in terms of, like, handling. So, like, you can't really, I, I haven't felt like I've been able to make a car, other than a few races handle the way I like, but... I think the biggest change with the car is is not really with the car. It's it's with the distance of the races. Like Darlington was nice because that was 120 laps. That was kind of similar to what we used to have for, for race length. But the, the races being a lot shorter makes qualifying way more important. Um, and like if you have something go wrong for you out of your control in the middle of the race, you literally cannot recover. I was running third at Gateway and a caution came out. Right after I entered the pits and I got trapped a lap down, all of a sudden I'm battling from 25th and I can only get 13th. Like that happens to a lot of people this year. So it's making everything more random, just not having as much time to recover from something out of your control. Um, I think that's much bigger than the car changing.
0: I have to agree with you on that matter. One of the also big talking points regarding you making it into the playoffs is also the fact is you had to go head-to-head almost in a sense with your Joe Gibbs Racing teammate, Ray Alfala, who had a win. But unfortunately, due to the fact he was not inside the top 20 and had a lot of points to gain, as a matter of fact, to even make it into the top 20 to have a shot at the playoffs. What is that like? I mean, we kind of saw something similar as well with drivers trying to work together in the real world, trying to get their teammates into the playoffs. But in France, it did not work out. You know, what was that going into this final race, working and realizing that your own teammate in the Joe Gibbs racing is someone, you know, you had to fight and race against in order for you yourself to get into the playoffs?
5: Yeah, um, I didn't mind it. Um, it. It was like, well, if there's not a new winner and he has a really good race. I knew we had a, a bit of a like mountain to climb to make top 20 even uh, through Darlington. So I wasn't really, I was just worried about trying to win the race because I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to get into the playoffs without a win. Like, I got to win this race. Um, so like, you know, obviously me being selfish, I'm like, better me than him. I'm running better recently. I'm qualifying better. Like, I want to make it, I think I'll be able to do better, just the selfish me of thinking, which is every driver. You want it to be you. So, you know, in terms of teammate stuff, I didn't, I didn't really cross my mind at all. I'm just like, he is an opponent and uh, better me than him. And I also got to beat my, like, setup teammate and Keegan for this win, too. So uh, just go out there and race, really. Yeah, another thing to talk about. I mean, walk
0: us through some of that exciting battle because it was, at the first half of the race, it was a battle between you and Keegan, most of it, and just absolutely amazing of how well those ca- your cars were able to stay pretty much hooked up around the racetrack all the way through to where you guys pitted just a little bit past that halfway point in the race where other drivers were basically falling off the face of the earth after a certain point in that race, and I got to say... It was impressive driving as well as tire management that you both had during this championship
5: regular season finale. It felt like a championship race between us, honestly. Like we were, we both basically had to show up for that one, and we qualified one too. And you know, we've been set up teammates for four seasons now, and I just know one I'd rather be teammates with. Um, and you know, at the end, by the end of the race, we battled all race in some sense, like. He had dropped back at points in the race just to save more tires than me, and then he would come back near the end of the run, and that's what you're seeing at the end of the race. Um, And it was going to be a battle. He had more pace. He had better tires, for sure, because he had saved like a lot more than me. Um, So yeah, it's kind of lame that we didn't get to actually duel out and have a clean race for the win and and one of us to to make it. Um, Yeah, I wasn't really feeling confident at the end of the race with my tires because I I had just not saved as much, but uh, you know that was that was a real treat. It was it was awesome for both of us to to battle it out like that.
0: You got to ask, though, what was your thought and surprise when you saw Keegan when that final caution came out and everybody but him and Garrett Mayne stayed out on the track? What was your mindset and surprise or thought even when you saw that happen?
5: I think subconsciously, uh, subconsciously, I was like, well, he stayed out. Well, I, I thought literally thought like at the moment, okay, he stayed out, so not many people are gonna pit. Should I take four or two here? And I was just leaning more towards the safe option, I think, subconsciously, because I knew he wasn't going to win if he's like one or two guys stay out because he's just going to get hounded. So from there, I'm like, uh, how many people are going to jump me? How many people are going to take two? And I just I just went with the safe option of four. So that's all I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about like, okay, how does this serve me in my playoff push? Serve me to win. And I was just a bit too safe, I think. But. Uh, Who knows, maybe I take two, I start third, and I screw something up and wreck, I don't know, on that restart.
0: (laughs) It could have been a possibility as well, but I mean, Bobby, I gotta say, it's a great look for you so far with these past two races, a strong way to cap off the regular season getting ready to going into the playoffs and everyone's looking at you as maybe being one of those spoilers here. And what's your thoughts about being possibly a championship spoiler with someone who didn't get a win in the regular season, got in via points and now been just absolutely been on a strong run. The only other driver who's been on a more of a top run than you have probably has to go to Steven Wilson in the 10 machine.
5: Yeah. Steven's been doing pretty good, but um, I mean, I guess a little bit matters what you did before this point, but ultimately like it's a, it's a new season now uh don't care about his three wins don't care about other people's two wins and one win it doesn't matter other than a few points you're gonna get um you know i'm gonna go try to win one of these three races to where points don't matter because uh i hate having to be in a points battle down to the wire but uh you know to make it in the final four but uh, i've been in the position of like steven before where i've had like been regular season champion like twice going to the playoffs it doesn't mean anything you know um you could just have one bad luck race in these three and two races where you almost win and then you're out of the final four so like it doesn't matter um if anything this season's shown us just how random things are and i don't think anybody can feel comfortable that they're like a championship favorite because nobody has control of that well bobby i do got to point out a couple of things regarding this of course
0: 2017 you finished third in the championship Didn't make it into the Final Four in 2018. 2019, you finished third in the championship. 2020, you come home in second in the championship. And then, of course, in 2021, you came home fourth in the championship. Now the question is, you've been so close season after season, being one of the most competitive drivers and one of the longest standing drivers in the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. Could this be the season where you finally break through and get that first championship?
5: Of course, again, I mean, it could have been any of those seasons with, you know, a couple different variables happening. 2020 is pretty dang close. And I'm always getting marginally better. Like I'm not a worse driver than I was last year, that's for sure. Um, You know, it's just about doing the right work, trying to be as smart as you can with your car and make sure you're prepared, right, going into a race for these situations. I'm hoping I can bring my strategy mistakes in these playoffs and fix those mistakes. Take two tires at the right time, take four tires at the right time, stuff like that. Make sure I'm qualifying like I have been the last couple rounds, Uh, you know. And you just got to get to that final four race, and you just got to go to the race and see what you got. Like, there's no reason why I can't win the title. It's not like a question for me. Um, It's it's if you make it there, it's literally just like any other race, and you just prepare hard for it. Um, You know, it's it's to me, it's not that complicated. Um, You know, so uh, I look forward to it. Look forward to hopefully having another shot at it in the final four. Um, I've collected like every other position in the final four, except first in terms of final results. So, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna try to get that.
0: All right. Well, Bobby, before we let you go, where can people go to follow you for this championship run here for the playoffs, as well as keep track of your career, both on
5: and off the track in the world of iRacing? Yeah. I'm just known as Bobby Zelensky on Twitter and Facebook. I have an Instagram. I don't really, haven't used, but, uh, you can find me there and, uh, I don't stream or anything on Twitch, but one day I probably will. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to go out there and kick some butt. I will say though, when it comes to watching Bobby Zelensky race in any of the Ian NASCAR
0: championship series, or even some of the other championship series that he goes and competes in, he always has to have to say the, <laughs> one of the ice cold faces expressions when focusing on the race, we have to consider changing you to be the ice man of high racing, just by how you're just so focused competing in these championship series.
5: Hey man, no emotion.
0: Just go out there and dig. Exactly. If that is Bobby Zelensky, of course, he made it in and by points. And I got to say, it's going to be an exciting race to watch uh, Justin to see him work his way through the championship.
1: Yeah, it's going to be very intriguing. He mentioned the good point of with the point reset. It allows a clean slate for the most part for many drivers. So that's going to be the interesting part. Can he take advantage of that? He's had good speed throughout the campaign. He was one of the contenders to get a victory at Darlington. Can he make it work in the postseason?
0: I think that's going to be the biggest question as well. And it's seeing what he can be able to accomplish during this run. And of course, we still have two other drivers we're going to be talking to. Of course, Graham Bolin, as well as Garrett Lowe. Both of them also had some great runs this season in the regular season. And I got to say, Graham, as well as Garrett Lowe, are going to be ones to watch as well because Garrett Lowe was able to pull an astounding win last time out earlier this year at Kansas. Graham Bolin picking up a couple of wins as well in 2022.
1: Yeah, Graham Bolin in particular is someone to really keep an eye on, I think, with this postseason. Amongst your top runners in those standings, it's been a stour campaign for Bolin. It's going to be fun to see how I think he fares out, especially with how things have played out. Low, going to need to pick things up a little bit. Just the one top five with that victory, but he has had some solid runs inside the top ten a few times.
0: And, of course, joining us now is Garrett Lowe, of course, driver for the Wood Brothers racing team. And, Garrett, of course, a great season for you so far this year. Being able to pick up one win so far this season and being able to have a great, strong performance as well during this campaign as we see you competing in this championship with the one win, four top tens, and, of course, that one top five with a win earlier this year. What is it like to go into this championship run with the Wood Brothers for this playoff?
2: So It's pretty awesome. Um, really excited to be able to get them in the playoffs. Uh, we had them in the playoffs in 2020, uh, but unfortunately, we, we didn't make the cut last year. So uh, back with them for the second time and uh, third out of four tries so far for me. So uh, not too bad of a record so far.
1: Of course, to be able to get yourself here, you had to break what was a nearly three-year Enas I iRacing Series wind drought to be able to break on through with this one. Talk us through this campaign and the challenges you've had to have to be able to make yourself into the postseason after your run and picking your first win in turn this season since August 2019.
2: Yeah, we definitely uh, we struggled with the new car at the beginning of the year, and it, it took us probably four or five races to kind of get our feet on the ground and, and in the right direction. And it wasn't that we had really bad cars. It was just that we couldn't put together consistent results week to week. And, uh, we decided to go really hard at Kansas and see if we could, uh, so figure some things out with the new car. Um, and unfortunately we were able to, and we were able to carry a little bit of that knowledge, uh, with us, um, the rest of the regular season.
1: Talk just us through some of the challenges to be able to find yourself in the right positions though, to be able to be able to battle out with this car. What were some of the major challenges?
2: Yeah. I mean, this car is like, it's really sensitive to being side-by-side, um, it's really sensitive to being in front of and behind people too so uh that's kind of a challenge that we've had to face all year is traffic management um and racing around other drivers um because these cars like i said very air sensitive so you can get your car really upset in a situation that in previous years you may not have had a problem uh so that's been a, a big change we've had to adapt to this year
1: if i understand that right basically if you look at the car the wrong way it will likely fight back is that correct
2: yeah, pretty much. It's like you're walking on a knife edge the whole time, and if you step over the edge, you're just kind of hurting yourself. So it's a, it's a weird situation to be in.
1: What has that been like in terms, terms of the psyche to make sure you're not that driver who ends up having that car say, okay, I've looked at the car that's in front of me too long. It's time to spin around 75 times. How What has that been like in terms of the psyche to make sure You yourself as a driver know what to expect.
2: Yeah, it's been extremely challenging. And I mean, heck, I even self-spun at Vegas by myself, like second race of the year, Um, just flat out. I got a little too much white line in three and four and just straight up looped it in in front of Busa and and took him out. So um, it's like I said, it's awkward, um, but you've had to definitely change your approach mentally to not not really be able to drive i guess as far up in traffic as you'd like to like for instance you know i'm saying like if you're looking up the track it's harder to do that now with this car because it's so sensitive to what's going on um in the immediate area you know one or two cars in front of you um whereas with the older car you could kind of look up the track a little farther and kind of see a path um if you were working through traffic
1: of course the championship potentially and expected of course to be a lot of pressure your thoughts on this year's schedule for this round to be able to battle it out. It's Bristol, Talladega, Homestead, Miami. Once more your thoughts on this round to try and make it to Phoenix.
2: Um, I'm not a fan of Talladega in any playoff capacity. Um, I don't like that at all. I feel like that takes it out of the driver's hands a little too much. Um, other drivers would probably say that they enjoy that. Uh, I'm just not a, a super speedway fan, but, um, I, I like those races as you know a part of the season just not in the playoffs so uh, I don't really like that too much but uh, Bristol's been a good track for us in the past finished second there in 2020 um, and then Homestead I think I finished fourth there twice so two tracks where we've been good but we've also been hit and miss um, so that'll be it'll be interesting to see what we can do there but we're just gonna have to uh, work really hard uh, to, to make sure we set ourselves up good for for all three races going into the into finale. What
1: about the preparations? been like so far in turn for Bristol to start off the postseason?
2: Uh so far I've taken a I guess basically a 48 hour break. Um I haven't touched anything um driving wise in the last 48 hours just to kind of reset and reflect a little bit before we start the next two months of extreme stress um and loads of anticipation of each race. Um, So it's going to be a lot of a lot of practice, a lot of testing. Um so I just decided to take a couple of days kind of reset and uh and get after it.
1: What has the reaction been like from the Wood brothers knowing you've been able to get them into the playoffs here with the victory four years of experience in this series for them now in the playoffs with the 21 machine the legendary number 21. What's the reaction been like from the Wood brothers?
2: It's been awesome. I mean their guys they're so excited um you know just to be back in this position where you know like I said years past we haven't exactly had it. Um, But we're back in it with them. Uh, They're excited. I'm excited. And we're going to see if we can put this 21 in the final four and and have a shot at the championship when it all comes down to it.
1: Of course, the championship rivals that you'll have. Who are you keeping out of the most? Your thoughts in turn on this field?
2: Yeah, um, for the first time, I think I've made the playoffs. I don't have a back-end teammate to work with. Uh, Years past, I've had at least one make the playoffs with me. Uh, So that'll be a a definite change. Uh, There are several drivers from the same team this year, um, two groups, really. So that's that is something I'm going to keep my eye on um, is the definitive groups we have out of the 10 drivers in the playoffs for sure.
1: What would it take and what do you feel it will be that gets you above the rest of your competitors for this year's championship? What will it take to become a champion and what would that reaction be like?
2: Uh, it's probably going to take running at least one perfect race in the playoffs. Um, and then if you're able to make it in the championship four, you're going to have to run another perfect race at Phoenix. So uh, it's going to all be all about practice and preparation and, and bringing the best setup you can uh, to something that, like I said, I mean, it's just going to take time. Uh, these setups don't build themselves, and they take weeks of tuning to, to get them just right. And these cars are really sensitive, so you can miss it by – a little bit and be way off in the race. Um, that's something we'll just have to anticipate.
1: Where can fans follow along with you to keep up with your action? Where can fans follow you on social media is the question.
2: Yeah, so uh, Garrett Low Racing on Facebook, Garrett Low Racing on Instagram, and Garrett Low Six on Twitter.
1: Well, thank you very much for your time, Garrett. We'll see how things play out for you in the next couple weeks or so.
2: Awesome. Thanks, guys.
1: That's Garrett Lowe for the Wood Brothers, looking to try and bring Wood Brothers and their 21 into the championship four. And Taylor, the pressure absolutely going to be on for Garrett Lowe, looking to try and pick up after that victory. Yes, from Kansas. He has picked up some solid runs. We'll see how he does.
0: We certainly will, and it's going to be interesting to see, and how incredible would it be to see the Wood Brothers Racing going, of course, for a championship run this season. It's great to see that opportunity happening for them, and a lot of things could happen through this championship run. We're looking forward to seeing what can come from Garrett Lowe. Of course, we have still one more driver joining us from the Charlotte Phoenix team, Graham Bowen, who picked up one win, a pole, six top fives, six top tens, and an average finish of 14th. And... Leading probably one of the career highs this season in far as laps led, 245 laps. He's going to be another interesting driver to talk to here. But we're going to take our final commercial break. But coming up, we will speak to Graham Bullen as well as preview the eNASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying Series as they get ready for Darlington. You're listening to the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio powered by MyRacePass. Welcome back to the iRacers download from the Speedsport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. Taylor Burris here, back with Justin Prince and our producer Richard Colbreth as we talk a little bit about none other than the eNASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying iRacing Series as they get ready to head off to none other than Darlington Raceway for their next round of the Championship Qualifying Series. And it's been a very interesting season so far, Justin. I mean, we've had already one multiple-time winner for this round, that being Andrew Navarro, who we talked to last week on the download, as well as also a couple of other heavy hitters who have been making some big strides in this run to stay inside the top 20.
1: Yeah, Darlington's going to be a very challenging race, I think, for RTP competition where it's a very difficult track to be able to master. It's a very difficult track to be able to build for in turn. So a lot of pressure is going to have to be on if you want to make sure you execute well, because there's not a lot of time left to be able to try and make sure you're amongst that field for a contender competition. If you haven't done well already in this series, it's going to be very difficult to be able to back things up and try and keep the momentum for next season as well. So already a lot of talking points when you come about the momentum swings, the potential, the pressure along that top 20 cutoff, especially with the separation getting ever more tighter in that top 20.
0: It certainly is, and just speaking of how close it is, from the 20th position, which is held by Brendan Collier, who has 89 points currently in this championship run, he currently has a six-point advantage over the driver who's in 25th, which is Seth Demerchant. He's got a hold-off driver such as Tyler Gary, Timmy Holmes, Dalton Collins, who is one of the most dominant drivers in round number one. He's outside the top 20. Tommy Gossett, who's also not too far behind him as well in 24th. Uh, Johnny Avela, Drew Threenage, Alex Bergeron, who's been having a difficult run in the world of Outlaws, but trying to see if he can have what it takes to make it into the top 20 for the E-NASCAR side. And then, of course, Jake Nichols, Matt forcapa Will Klein, Eddie Kern, really not having the season that they want here in this second round.
1: Yeah, a lot of drivers have struggled that I think had much higher expectations. Kevin King, for example, with his experience. Jake Nichols, I think, had a lot of expectations with him being driver, Enos, car competition in the past. Santi Tiras, you can put in that mix as well. Just some of the drivers have just not been able to hit their marks. The way, I think the way they were looking for. Or in terms of the luck, I think is the better way to phrase it, Taylor. The luck hasn't gone their way. For others, though, it's been a completely 9 day experience. Boyd Hogan, I think, is one of those who we know has had good speed. It's just been the matter of some of the luck. And based on their experience working with them in a lot of cases... This season, it's been different. He's got a victory in two top fives, and that in turn may be able to get him above that cut line by the end of this campaign, as long as things stay well
0: for him. It certainly is a case here, and of course, only with, after this race at Darlington, two more races, which is the Dirt Track at Bristol Motor Speedway, and then we round out the qualifying series, none other, at Texas Motor Speedway. So it's going to be a very interesting race to see who will be able to come out on top for these last three races. Of course, I think the biggest thing that everyone's talking about is the domination of Parker White. Four starts, four top five, an average finish of third and already one win in this championship run in round number two. He had a great run in round one as well and has a comfortable lead in the point standings by over just a little under 10 points. So it's great to see what Parker White is able to accomplish here in this run along with Navarro and Jonathan Delaney, who we've had on the show as well.
1: Yeah, Parker White's got some good backing technical lines-wise. He's got good reputation in terms of the Official side, he's been a walking victory, in fact, whenever he's ran in official action and fixed competition. The momentum's been on his side, Taylor. In our words, it's hard to bet against Parker White with that competitiveness and one of those youngsters who already knows what he needs to do to be able to win races.
0: He certainly is. Another driver who we're also keeping an eye on watching as well is, of course, none other than one of the E-Nascar College Series drivers who's been so dominant, as well as on the console side of E-Nascar competition, Daniel Budifuco. He is just barely holding on inside the top 20. He sits 18th. He has a little bit of a cushion, about a one-point advantage outside of 20th, but still with three races left to go. And with Daniel, who is being so strong in round one, as well as in the E-Nascar College Series, It's quite interesting to see what the issue is that Daniel is struggling with in this run.
1: Well, I don't think it's necessarily struggles. I think we know Daniel Budifuco has the experience to be able to try and get up at the front. He's started on the pole for a reason. He's been able to work with one of the top technical alliances since joining the iRacing service just about a year ago already. It's just, I think, more so, I think the more thought might be towards... Just getting the track position right, because that's the big case, right? When it comes to road to pro competition, track position is a huge part of it. Pocono was an absolute blender of a race, for example, for how things played out for some of the competitors. So I think Budafuco, I think just it's the matter of get himself towards the front. The average finish of 14th is okay, but I think a race like Darlington would really open up some people's eyes for him to be able to prove he can win in open cars, not just fixed setups.
0: Certainly is the case here. And, of course, another driver who is trying to make his way back into the NASCAR competition is none other than Casey Tucker, who sits inside the top ten right now. One top five here in this round two with an average finish of 11. It's great to see a, gr- a good run for the former NASCAR driver as he's trying to make his way back into the world championship after being absent from it for quite some time.
1: And I remember last year in particular, Casey Tucker was one of the biggest movers in a lot of his races, especially when it came to the later stages of the qualifying series last year. I don't think it's necessarily a surprise to see him top 10 this season in RTP. Again, works in the same camp as Boyd Hogan, has good backing there, has decent setup knowledge, has had good consistency, and here's the major difference marker, I think Taylor has stayed out of the trouble, just six incident points so far in this round. And when you're out of potential contact with your competitors, it makes it easier to make sure you finish up towards the front without a damaged race car. So Tucker, I think, has just been able to keep himself a little bit clean to that luck's going in his direction that we know Tucker's had pace-wise to be able to get himself towards the top 10 of the points.
0: The only other drivers who have been more cleaner than Casey Tucker is Will Klein. Omar Diallo, Matt Coker, Kyle Myers, Kevin King, Garrison Hogan, and Daniel Smallwood, all of them having just under six incidents throughout the entire run here. So a great drive for Casey Tucker as he tries to see if he can return to E-NASCAR competition in 2023. And of course, I have to say, we have to talk a little bit about, not only about this top 20 that we see in the qualifying series, but we have to also Keep an eye on the bottom 20 of the Enascar Coca-Cola iRacing series. I mean, we have only four races left before we to take the bottom 20 and have to go head-to-head with the top 20 of the series for the contender series in the wintertime. And looking at some of the drivers who are outside the top 20, we have at least two former series champions who are outside of it right now. One of them being Keegan Leahy in 21st, Ray Alfala in 23rd, and also throw in Taylor Hurst as well, who's in 22nd. So it's pretty incredible to see these three drivers outside the top 20 and possibly having to go back to the contender series to go and try and run to see if they can keep their spot in for the 2023 season.
1: I think you can throw in Logan Clampett in that conversation too, because Clampett, especially knowing the connections that he and the William Byron eSports machine had coming into the season, had a lot of expectations. he, hasn't really been able to keep it clean, though, and that's the tough balancing act. He knew going into Darlington, though, he could have make the top 20. Now it's the matter of, can he have a good final couple races to be to at least build some positivity from that camp? It's not going to be easy, though, closing up 40 points. But we already know this. Mathematically, Kyle Peddle, Derek Justice, amongst those like we're going to have to find contender, Taylor, I think we had a lot higher expectations a bit for Peddle. Derek Justice... Just hasn't had the pace he's been looking for outside of trying the fuel strategies, getting the track position at Auto Club just didn't go his way, remember, with the four-lap slide back then.
0: And this is something I want to open up to you right quick, Justin, regarding this. Who has been the driver who's been most surprising for you in the E-NASCAR season? And who is someone who's been kind of shocking that they haven't been able to perform in 2022?
1: Who's impressed me the most in terms of their improvement is Femi. Femi Olan. and Bolson, Bolson, I should rather say, has definitely lived up to the hype that some of his fellow competitors felt he had potential pace for and had struggled to showcase in the Gen 6 car. The next-gen car has meshed well for him, absolutely. He's been in contention a few times for more than his one victory. I think you could argue he can have more than one victory if things went differently. The more surprising of those, I think you can throw in Again, Keegan Leahy, I'm absolutely surprised, hasn't done better than he has this season. I'm surprised Ray Alfala didn't have the consistency outside of a couple races. This is the type of car we were expecting drivers like Alfala to do great in. And I'm, it's just a surprise to see some of the other drivers you expect in terms of knowing how to drive with low downforce cars struggling with or We're expecting some bigger things. Colin Keister, for example, built up a lot of momentum in the contender series. 29th, though, in the regular season. To wrap it up, just three top 10s. Expected a lot more from drivers like Keister, too.
0: I have to kind of agree with you another driver i have to throw in involving that mix is has to be vicente salas we remember last season had such a strong performance for his rookie year and now is kind of going through that sophomore slump really sitting 18th in in the top 20 still but 18th in the point standings and only one top five and an average finish of 19th this season so not the season that vicente has been really having and wanting to have and Another driver who a lot of people were pointing at and looking at as far as a big hype is the driver who took over for Junior Motorsports, Briar LaPrat. A lot of people were looking and pointing to see what he could do and not really having the best of season. he has one pole and one top five to his name, but an average finish of 23rd.
1: Yeah, Briar just, it's been to where he's been in the teens much of the time. And it's tough as a rookie to be able to win from the jump unless you have the right partnerships too. For LePrad, it just seems to have not clicked from the get-go. And I think LePrad with more experience, Taylor, will get better with time. But this rookie season absolutely not the way I think LePrad Nation expected it to go.
0: And of course the driver who I have to say has been one who has definitely been on a tear is Steven Wilson. I mean, three wins this season, it's one of the most we've ever seen Steven be able to put off pull off and an average finish of 10th. He has the highest average, but yet doesn't have the most laps led, but still is able to capitalize and come out on top with some great strategy calls and being there at the end.
1: I think that's the big thing that's getting Wilson to the checker flag in some of these races is the strategy up in the box. And while he may not be the best in terms of the average start and finish compared to some of his fellow competitors, he's been very consistent overall. Inside the top 10 to get himself there. Scores valuable points. Get himself up to the front constantly to be in that conversation for the strategy dices. Yes, Nick Godinger and Michael Conte have been lightning quick with this car, Taylor. But here's the thing. Their consistency has been up and down like a yo-yo. 15th and 17th average finishes. That's not what you expect for your top runners in the championship. Wilson, best average finish in the field.
0: I have to certainly agree with you on that. So it's going to be an exciting final four races in the championship here. And of course, we will provide every single bit of coverage throughout the remainder of the NASCAR Eye iRacing series, as well as our other championship that's still running, which is none other than the World of Outlaws Butt Kicker Late Model Series, which has only about four races to go as well. So it's crunch time for these two championships before we get ready for some qualifying rounds as well as qualifying series we have of course the World of Outlaws Car Quest Auto Parts Sprint Car series kicking off later on in the winter series and of course the qualifying series for the Porsche Tag Heuer eSports Super Cup as well as also the E NASCAR Qualifying Contender Series that happens later on this year well, with that it is time we come to a close we have to thank our special guests Matt Busa, Mitchell DeYoung and Bobby Zelensky, and Derek Garrett Loach coming on to join us here for this special edition of the iRacers Download. And of course, we for Justin Prince, as well as our producer Richard Colbreth, I'm Taylor Hurst. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by My MyRacepass.